You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Praising Forward, Part 5. Enjoy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this time together. We're so thankful that we can leave our homes and gather in this public place and fellowship with you and with one another and open up our mouths and say what you say and grow in you and experience you. We're so grateful, Holy Spirit, that your loving kindnesses are brand new every morning and that we're leaving here today strengthened, stronger than when we came in, refreshed and um, with more life, with a, with a greater understanding of who you are and what you've done for us and who we are in you. And we love you and we worship you and we give you praise for it. And we open our hearts and say, fill us. Speak to us. Transform us. Do what only you can do in our lives, Holy Spirit. We give our whole selves to you. We lean our whole person on you in absolute trust and confidence in your power and your wisdom and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you're here this morning. We want to welcome you to Highway Church. Uh, God loves you so much. And if it's your first time at Highway Church, just jump in. Uh, make yourself at home. Receive God's love for you. Um, we don't come to church here. We, we come and gather publicly as the church. And we love doing this whenever we can, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. It's such a special time. It's a time uh, that, that, that's uh, Holy Spirit that's unlike any other because we're all bearers of his presence. We're all members of his body. And when we gather publicly and assemble together and worship him and let him minister to us and hear the public proclamation of what he has to say to us, it transforms us. So this is not a going to church to try and, try and uh, get to heaven or, or to, to, to mark something off of a religious checklist. This is transformation time. That's what we're doing. This is transformation time. So we invite you to be transformed by giving your full attention to the Holy Spirit. Don't leave here the same today. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you and strengthen you. We invite you to connect with us. I think you'll find this, this is a place where you will grow in the knowledge of Christ, where you will move forward in his plan for you where you experience him and we'll help you and do everything we can to help you experience him in your daily life. So if you'd like to connect with us, fill out a connection card if you've been given one um, and you can drop that in the bucket. That's that, that big green card and there are also prayer requests on the back of that. And if you have something you'd like prayer for, fill that out and, and uh, my wife and I will see that and we'll pray for that confidentially. Hallelujah, God is so good. This is it, final Sunday of 2018. He's not done blessing you in 2018. He daily loads us with benefits. Don't let the enemy use the calendar to discourage you. He'll tell you it's been too long. It hasn't happened yet. So it's not going to happen. None of that's true. You open up your mouth and say, I have received it. It's already done. Thank you, Father, for it. You praise him, not that it's going to happen, but it's already done. The enemy can't stand that because he can't stop that kind of faith. 
We're not looking for something to happen. We've already received it. We believe. What did Jesus teach us to do in Mark 11, verse 23? What things soever you desire, excuse me, verse 24, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you have, not that you're going to. There's no faith in believing. That's hope. I hope, hopes that I'm going to, but faith believes that I have it now. That's the big difference. That's all the difference. If you're hoping for something to happen, that's not faith. Believe that you have it now and you will experience it, right? Faith believes it, believes that I believe that I have it even though nothing seems different even though I may not feel any different, even though the circumstances don't, even though the circumstances may be getting worse. Faith believes and knows that I have it. No circumstance is going to trump my faith. No circumstance can trump what I've already received from God. My heart and God's heart are one. We're connected and no one can change that. There's no natural circumstance can change what Christ has done for me. There's no natural circumstance that can keep God's promises from being provision in my life. Because God has stamped every promise with the yes of Christ and it is now your provision. Every promise God has made is your provision. Fill your heart and mind with his provision, his promises, and speak them with your mouth. Believe them in your heart. Meditate on them. God, you're so good. So we, we, we love, I love what Jennifer was sharing and what Debbie started and Jennifer both shared is, is, is we're, we're singing, we're praising, we're opening our mouths and worshiping the Lord. And it's very powerful. We've been talking about praising our way forward into the fullness of what God has for us. And that's what we do. We just open our mouths and we praise Him. Satan wants you to struggle. He wants you to, to kick and scream and be frustrated and get discouraged and, and try harder and, and, and pray long, long, long prayers that don't change anything and, and, and try and go through religious... But God just says, believe. I love that. I love the simplicity and power of my Christ, of my Messiah. Just believe. Oh, your flesh will get mad at that too. But you haven't prayed long enough. You haven't, you haven't read your Bible enough. Just believe. Just believe. Just believe that it's so. Receive it with your heart. Believe that you've received it. His yoke is easy and his load is light. See, that, that's how great, one of the best ways to discipline your flesh. When it's throwing fits and telling you how discouraged you are and, 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 and what a failure you are, just start worshiping him. God, you're so good. I bless your holy name. You've made me new. I'm forever yours. I worship you, O Lord. I bless your holy name. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. Just start blessing him. Start praising him. God, thank you. I'm a new creation in you. I'm full of your spirit. I'm more than a conqueror. I've been transformed forever by your presence. And you watch how that brings your flesh into subjection to who you really are. 
effortless change in 2019. That's a Holy Spirit word right there. Effortless change in 2019. Effortless change in 2019. Could you put up 2 Corinthians 2.14? Effortless change. Yes. Not by your might. Not by your power. Not by your sacrifice. By the Spirit of God. The change that needs to happen in your life happening by the Spirit of God. I don't want anything else. I think back to uh, different people I've known over the years, and you know, in our in our home, we've got a bunch of books, all kinds of different great Bible study teaching books. I remember someone in our home saying, "Boy, you got a lot of self help books." <laughs> Never in my life did I ever think of any of those books as a self help book. They're Bible study books, you know, books like Grace Revolution. Right? Live the let go life. The believer's authority. Um, Christ the healer. They're not self-help books. But if you're, that's what the world looks for, self-help books, right? I don't want self-help. I want Holy Spirit help. I want Jesus help. You can't help yourself. You can't fix yourself. This is a job for the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 2.14 now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. But I thought you were a failure. <laughs> nope. Not true. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. See, this is when life gets rewarding and, and satisfying, when you let God be God in your life. Let him do it. Let him get all the glory. He's our hero. And maketh manifest the savor of the knowledge by us in every place. So thanks. When we choose to worship him and thank him and praise him, it focuses our being, our person, on who he is and what he's done for us. Praise is one of the healthiest things you can do for your body. I haven't seen a praise workout yet. You guys see one of them? Or a praise diet. But it is one of the healthiest workouts and diets you could ever be on. Blows away keto and the, was that beach diet used to be popular? The South Beach? I don't know. I don't know them all. I don't keep track of them. There's a new one every week. This is the diet. We're on a praise diet. We eat and sleep and drink praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anybody remember Richard Simmons? My mom and sisters used to watch him with his leg warmers. And is, he still, is he still on TV? I'm not dissing him or anything. It's just, I just saw this bouncing afro when I started thinking about workouts and took me back to the Richard Simmons thing. You know who else has a bouncing afro? Bob Ross. How many people know Bob Ross? 
You know, he's got like, he's resurging. He's like a comeback. He's, he's, this is like Bob Ross, uh, a wave of Bob Ross fans have, have come. I wonder if they knew each other. If Bob Ross worked out with Richard Simmons and, and Richard Simmons painted with Bob Ross. I wonder about that. So in 2 Corinthians 2.14, we see something very important, that it's God's will for you to win. It's God's will for you to be whole. It's God's will for you. It's always His will for you to be healthy. It's always His will for you for you to be victorious. It's always His will for you to prosper. It's always His will for you to be strong. These are superlative statements, but I can confidently make them because the Father has made them. I'm just saying what he says. That's why Jesus was so confident in the midst of persecution because he chose to agree with his Father. You will become confident when you choose to agree with the Father. So it's always his will, but remember, God's will doesn't automatically happen. That's a misnomer. Even though it's his will and it's his desire and he's provided it for your life, it doesn't just happen. He's given us his word, which is the agent that brings about his will in our lives. That's why I'm just so huge on this book. I know it's probably the most misunderstood book in the world. I know you can misunderstand it when you read it, but read it anyway. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ to you as you read this. Ask the Holy Spirit to show yourself. That's the very first thing I ever did before I opened this. I said, God, show yourself to me. Then someone gave me one of these. I put it on my desk. I put my hands on it. I said, God, speak to me. Show yourself to me when I read this book. I didn't know anything about it. Nothing about it. I had no Bible knowledge whatsoever. Zero. Except where John was because someone told me to go there. And I did that consistently before I read it. God, show yourself to me. Do that. Read with the Holy Spirit interpreting it for you. It's the only way to truly understand the Bible. You can know Greek and Hebrew, but listen, they still misunderstood Jesus. They were scholars and experts. They couldn't recognize Jesus standing right in front of them because they didn't know the heart of the one who wrote him, who wrote this book, right? So let the heart of God reveal to you the will of God in his book. So he's given us his word, and thank God that it's been assembled for us in one book. All of these 66 different letters and books assembled in one place. You've got your hard copy Bible. It is your most precious possession. I want to tell you that. There's nothing that can do more for you than this book can. If you'll let the Holy Spirit reveal Christ to you in this book. If you get religious with it and letter of the law, it'll kill you. It'll put you in bondage. Not because the Bible is bad. It's because your understanding is bad. If you have a negative attitude and you listen to man's ideas, he'll, it'll turn this book into a book of bondage. It's not the book that's changing. It's our attitude, our thinking that needs to change, right? This is the book of life and liberty and freedom and health and wholeness and prosperity. That's what the Bible is, okay? But it all depends on what, what you believe when you read it. Do you believe that God is good? 
Do you believe what Jesus taught? That if you uh, would never hurt your child, he'd never hurt you. Didn't Jesus teach that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11? Right? If you would never hurt a child, how could you ever think your heavenly father would hurt you? He's, he's perfect love. Don't ever think that again, that God would ever hurt you or that he ever has hurt you. He can't hurt you. He won't do it. Love won't do that. Love won't injure you. Love won't damage you. Love won't hurt you. Love won't abuse you. Love won't do something perverted to you. Love can't behave that way. You know, God is limited in what he can do. You know, he cannot go against his word. He cannot uh, break his own promise. He can't go against the very... He has bound himself to what he's already said. People think God can do anything. He didn't teach that. He said, I swear by myself, I swear by my own promises, I will not go against my own word. He's put limits on his own life. This is life-changing stuff. So we want to know what boundaries God has placed by studying his word. So we can get in those boundaries and experience the life he's given us. So the word of God is the agent that brings about his will. So I need the agent of God, the word of God in my heart and in my mouth if I want to experience the victory of God. You can't expect to experience healing and deliverance. You might experience it one time, but to live in it. It's good to be healed once, but I want to be healthy the rest of my life. You can't expect to live in this if you're not feeding on the word of God. You, you have to eat this daily. You've got to put it in your heart. Make yourself believe it. It's okay if you don't. I don't understand everything in here. You don't have to understand everything in here. That's not our goal. Our goal is to know the heart of God. Jesus revealed to us the heart of God. This is a, an infinite book. Even though it's 66 pages, the revelation in here is infinite. We're just, we, 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 the things that God revealed to us, those are the things we're going to know. And Christ displayed those very clearly in his ministry. Put up 1 Peter chapter 1. So we want to fill ourselves. Praise and the word go together. If the word's not in you, you don't have anything to praise God for. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. See, this agent, this transforming word, this word that raises dead people, this word that put arms back on people, still does today, is the word that gave you new life when you put your faith in Christ. You have been born of this word, this change agent. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, Being born again, understand what that means. We have been born a second time by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not the same people we were. If you don't know if you're born again, change that today. When you're born again, you'll know it. But even if you've been born again, if you're not growing in the knowledge of Christ, you're not going to experience God's will. Okay? So there's nothing passive about love. If Jennifer and I got married and we just both sat on the couch every day, we'd have a lousy marriage. 
Love is active. Love has a vision. Love has a purpose. Love moves forward. Love acts. We're born again, what? Not of corruptible seed. What's corruptible seed? The ideas of man. Anything that's contrary to God's Word. We've not been born of the ideas of man. This is not a man-made thing that we're doing today. But of incorruptible, heaven-sent Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Verse 24, for all flesh is as grass. We need to hear that. Man has exalted himself, but no matter how much he does, it doesn't change his status. He's still man. We need God. Man is grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers. The flower thereof falls away. Who won the Super Bowl seven years ago? Quick. I don't know. I got to Google it. But at that moment, it seemed like such an amazing thing, right? It passes away so quickly. You can work so hard for fame and notoriety and success and no one remembers it the next day. That's why Jesus has set your mind on the things that last forever. We're living to fulfill our heaven destiny because it never fades away. What we do for Christ never fades away. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord endures forever, verse 25. And this is the word by which, word which by the gospel is preached unto you. We're giving you the word of heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So as powerful as the word of God is, as powerful as his will is, it won't work in our lives if we're not putting his word in our heart and speaking it with our mouths. This is what praise is. Praise is such a wonderful way to bring the word of God alive in you. When you put the word, the Lord is my light and my salvation, Psalm 27.1. I put that in my heart. I meditate on that. The Lord is the strength of my life, Psalm 27.1. I meditate on that. I believe it, and I declare it. Lord, you're my light and my salvation. You're the strength of my life. What am I doing? That word is now becoming alive to me. It wasn't alive to me when it's just on the pages of this book. But when I grab it and I believe that it's true for me now, and I put it in my heart, I believe it, and I, I declare it, it becomes alive to me. Praise equips us to walk in this new life. Putting the Word of God in your heart and speaking it, singing it, declaring it with your mouth, it equips us to walk in the reality of what God has done for us. It equips us to walk in the provision of God. Put Proverbs 4.20 up there for, through 23. One of my favorite passages in the scriptures. This is a life changer. And I remember reading this almost 30 years ago. And, and as I read this, I thought, boy, this is, this is it. I've... I've 
this is my answer. This is everything I've been looking for. It starts in verse 20. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Verse 21, do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's what Jesus was talking about at the Last Supper. Do this in remembrance of me. Same thing. I keep, keep who I am and what I've said in your heart and before your eyes. Verse 22, why? What, what, what's so special about God's words? Well, his words are life to those who realize it, to those who choose to believe it. You know, I forget what movie we were watching, but it was, I think it was one of those Santa movies. Maybe it was Santa, the, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. But they had the Christmas meter on the sled. Have you guys seen that? It's Christmas spirit meter. And, uh, oh, that's Elf. I'm sorry. I'm mixing up my movies. <laughs> but anyway, I only watched that like 20 times this year. No. But anyway, they had, uh, Santa had this Christmas spirit meter in his sled, you know. And they had to put a jet engine on the sled because the people no longer believed were believing in Santa. There was a rumor going around that the parents put the gifts under the trees. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That movie makes me laugh. But even in fictional movies, you'll see the principle of faith. And as they believed in this fictional movie, things started to happen. They were believing in Santa. It's just a fictional movie. But there's a principle that's very true. When you believe it, you start to experience it. That's the way supernatural things work. You won't experience them by waiting to see them first. You believe them, then you'll see them. So God's words are life if you believe them. They're life to you when you believe in them. And they are health to all their whole body if you believe they are. I mean, they are, but if I believe they're not, I shut the door to that in my life. There are millions of Christians that believe they're forgiven and go into heaven, but don't believe this. Don't know what I'm sharing with you. Not because they're bad people. It's just they don't know. They haven't been taught, haven't been told that God's words are health to all their whole body. Verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. It's talking about your spirit and your soul, your heart and your mind. It's private property. Don't let anyone in there unless they're holy, unless they're Jesus-centered. Look at the message translation of verse 22. Those who discover these words live Really live. Ain't that the truth? Body and soul, they're bursting with health. See, this was important to me almost 30 years ago because I was so, a lot of reasons, because I was looking for answers and, and I was sick my whole life at that point. And I read this, I thought, health to my whole body, why well, don't I have to be sick anymore? My body could be bursting with health. My body, I was very sickly. My body can be bursting with health. 
if I treasure these words? The New Living Translation says, for they bring life to those who find them. God's Word carries life to you. Better than UPS. Life delivered. Life to your door every day. And healing to their whole body. This seems like it's, this, is, this is something that's like numero uno in our lives, right? That's why I, I, I love podcasts. Good podcasts that teach this. Listening to one last night. It brings life to you. They bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. We found the cure for every disease. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. The New Century Version says they are the key to life for those who find them. They bring health to the whole body. You'll know if you're one of the ones who has found this because this will become a daily priority to you. If this is not a daily priority to you, you haven't realized it yet. It's just that simple. If God's Word is an afterthought, you're, you're not one of these folks yet. It's true. This is the first thing I think of when I get up and when I go to bed. I want more Jesus. I want more of Him. It is, it is the target on my bullseye. Why? Because I know what His Word has done for me. So when you realize this, eating His Word, putting it in your heart, and speaking it with your mouth will become a daily priority. If it hasn't yet, don't be down on yourself. Just shift. Say, okay, wait a minute. I've been depriving myself of life. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to get as much life as I can get every day. I'm not going to be unwhole anymore. I'm going to be whole for the rest of my life. I'm not going to tolerate this injury anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this birth defect anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this uh, the thing that was supposed to be passed down from previous generations. I'm not going to tolerate it anymore because God's Word is life to my whole person. This is what God's Word brings to us. Now we're going to get into something fun in just a moment here. So let's go to Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Don't fall asleep on me now. Facebook, how you doing? We bless you in the name of Jesus wherever you are. Love seeing the, the people from different parts of the country and around the world tuning in. We bless you in Jesus' name. He's where, wherever you are, he's there. And he loves you with a perfect love. Lean on him. Rely on him. Let him bless you. Let him strengthen you. So here we are. This is the, one of the first scriptures we looked at after 2 Corinthians 2, 14, and 1 Corinthians 15, 57 was Philippians 4, 
in praising our way forward. God's Word produces joy and peace in us. You can't put the Word of God in you consistently and be down unless you're being legalistic with it. Unless you've got a letter of the law mentality. You'll get more cranky. Right? You'll get more bound, not because the Word is wrong. It's because your understanding of it is wrong. Okay? But God's Word, if you'll just believe it, it brings joy and peace. Verse 4 of Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is God's priority for your life. Joy. Peace. This is what He wants you to focus on. But there are so many other things I've got to think about. Jesus said only one thing is necessary. In 2018, yeah. How about what, 2019? Yeah. The more complex the world gets, the simpler we get. The more focused we are on the one thing. What is that one thing? Knowing Him. Rejoicing in Him. Hearing Him. Growing in Him. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice I love the message translation of this verse. Celebrate God all day. Listen, you have to practice this. It's not going to happen any other way. Hello. If you think I automatically do this because I'm a pastor, you're funny. I'm laughing at you. Ha, ha, ha. There's nothing automatic about this. Why? We're living in a contrary world. We're in enemy territory. Your flesh will try. It can't because you're a new creation, but it'll try and tell you how to live. But you've got to train your flesh. Praise is the best way to train your flesh. Not religious rituals. Praise, faith. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean revel in Him. I mean, there are times when I really feel like praising Him, but I would say probably most of the time in my life I don't in my flesh. The spirit, your spirit's like, woo! But, you know, there are times I'm really, you know, just so excited about what God was doing, and then, you know, an hour later, my flesh is just like, And that's like how I'm feeling, like, you know. And I, my spirit has to remind, wait a minute, celebrate. Come on, cool in the gang. No break good times, come on. That's a Holy Ghost song right there. Philippians 4, 4. Celebrate God, celebrate God all day, come on. Every day, I mean revel in Him. So this is a choice. This is a focus for us, right? But you know what I've noticed? The more I do it, the better I get at it. The quicker it kicks in. The quicker it kicks in. And it becomes like a, like a trigger. Depression, pressure starts coming at you. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. You love me. And you catch those little sneaky thoughts that are trying to get you down. Praise is like an alarm system. 
It's like a security system for your heart and mind. Like it's a motion sensor, you know. When that negative thought hits it, boing, the light comes on. Praise him. Praise him. Oh, there's another. Praise him. Right? That's what it does. It, it, it enables you to recognize wrong thinking. The thoughts that get you down, the thoughts that discourage you, whatever they're about, whether it's about you, your marriage, your children, your job, your future, your past, your present, it doesn't matter. I've got the victory. You've got the victory. Not because you've done everything right, but because God loves you and He's provided victory for you. You've got it made in the shade of His presence. That's where you live, in the shadow of the Most High God. Verse 6, I love this in the Amplified. Don't fret. So celebrate always and do not fret always. <laughs> do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I love that. Do not fret. Or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, not for everything, we don't praise God for negative things. They're not from God. We praise God we have victory over negative things. And in the midst of a temptation or a challenge, we praise Him that we have the victory. We don't accept things from the devil. We don't accept sickness and disease and curse and, 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 and lack and confusion and depression. Those are not from Him. But in the midst of those things, if they're coming against us, we praise Him because we have the victory over them. Amen. By prayer and petition, definite requests. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will Guard your hearts and minds. I need that. I need a 24-7 watch guarding my heart and mind. And that's what God does. That's what His Word does. It's alive. You put it in you and it works. And it doesn't sleep. It's that agent that is working round the clock. Now, are you ready? Here we go. First Peter five verse eight. Pinch yourself if you're sleeping. Wake up, person next to you. Be nice to him. First Peter 5.8. Be sober. Be vigilant. That means watchful, aware, alert. Stay woke. Because why? Because you never know what God is going to do? No. That's stupid thinking. Jesus revealed to us what God does. He heals and sets free. He blesses and provides. Because your adversary, who's your adversary? 
my boss. Duh. No. No. Not a person, not a human being. A spirit being. Satan. Spirits of darkness, demons who follow him. Your adversary, the devil. As a roaring lion, he's not really a lion. He pretends he is. He walks about seeking whom he may devour. So how do you become undevourable? How do you become off limits to him? Well, the answer is in the verses around this. We're going to go back to verse 6. Humble yourselves. Now hold on a minute. Let's get that up there. Humble yourselves. Oh, let's go to 1 Peter 5, 6, guys. There we go. We've got to de-religify this word humble. Can we do that? Do you have your cans of spray? I've got one right here in my pulpit. Come on. Let's shake it. Here we go. What does humble mean? How do you humble yourselves? It tells us in verse 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. How do you do that? Verse 7. Verse 7. Show me. Verse 7. How do you humble yourself? Casting all your care upon him. Religion teaches you that humility or humbling yourself is to abase yourself, to degrade yourself. That is not humbling yourself. That makes you weak. That fosters depression, lack of faith. That's not what God's talking about. How do you humble yourself? How do you, how do you make yourself devil-proof? Casting all your care upon the Lord. We're devil proof. Why? Because he cares for you. Because he loves you. Because he's got the power to do it. Casting all your care upon him. This goes with Philippians 4. See, you can't enjoy the peace of God if you're going to be anxious about something. People will say, well, I'll stop being anxious if it changes. No, you won't. Something else will come along. That's a lie. The only way you can fix anxiety is to be entrusting in the Lord. Whatever it is, doesn't matter how small, how medium-sized, or how super-sized it is, cast it on him. Passionately cast your cares on him. And I, I, I'm growing more in this. Because, boy, you, and Jennifer, I was just talking about this. We went on a date for our anniversary, and we're sitting there, and she's talking about, we're talking about ministry and, you know, being in full-time ministry 20 years and all the cares and concerns you can have.
Isn't it? You not only have your own private lives and family, but now you've got the body of Christ and the churches and so forth. And there's lots of opportunity to be anxious or, or care full, right, right. Right? full of care. But you have to purpose not to carry them, to give them to him. The moment they show up, nope, sorry, go see my father. Go see my father. You're not mine, they're his. Now look at Proverbs 14, 1430, then we're going to hit it. Are you ready? Proverbs 1430. So God's word brings joy and peace. It's his will for your life. Proverbs 14.30, in the Amplified. See, carrying your cares weakens your faith. If you choose to carry your cares, it's going to weaken you. Praise is a great way to cast your cares on Him. That's a, that's a part of what we're doing when we're, we're up here singing. We're casting our cares on Him. Man, that makes someone so mad when Satan's threatening you with circumstances and you're saying, Jesus, you're so wonderful. I bless your holy name. Jesus, I worship you and give you praise. And he's jumping up and down and roaring, trying to make you afraid, and you're just singing. <laughs> See, Proverbs 14.30, Philippians 4, 1 Peter 5, they all go together. Look what it says. A calm, Proverbs 4, 22 and 23. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. There's that Jesus diet again. Love it. A calm and undisturbed mind Mind and heart are the life and health of the body. So if I'm choosing to keep my cares, what am I setting myself up for? Sickness? Weakness? We're not made to carry these things. It's a matter of life and death. I must cast my cares on him if I want to be healthy. Isn't this good? A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. Here's what I wanted to get to. Ungodly ideas create an atmosphere of stress. Ungodly ideas create a culture of anxiety. So in your personal life, you want to rid yourself of any idea that even mildly contradicts the person and ministry of Jesus. We're vigilant on this. Because we want, we want to enjoy the life he has for us. We want joy and peace. So we're vigilant in our thinking, like 1 Peter 5. 
We know we have an enemy. What's he trying to do? Introduce ungodly ideas into our thinking because they create stress. Okay? You're being equipped right now for 2019. Hear what I'm about to say. The culture that we're living in is a culture of stress. Why? Because of the ungodly ideas that are blasted through every form of media. I'm going to give you an excellent example. 2019 is the, we're saying, is the year of the Spirit. Year of the Spirit. You walking in the Spirit like never before. You knowing the Holy Spirit in a deeper way than ever before. Effortless change. Letting the Holy Spirit lead the way in your life like never before. Well, do you know the Holy Spirit is love? Right? God is love. He doesn't love. He is love. That's who He is. He doesn't have to ever try and love. He, that's just His nature. He always loves because He is love. Okay? This culture of stress, this culture that we're seeing we're, that is training people to be easily offended. Training people to demand apologies. That is a culture that produces stress. Stay with me. Please don't turn me off. And Facebook, I want you to hear this, okay? If you're not focused on the person of Christ in your private life, if you're not filtering the stuff you, that's coming at you through Christ, if you're allowing these ungodly things to come in, it will train you to be stressed, offended, and upset. And some will just say a little thing and it triggers something in you. That's not peace. Stay with me. What is happening around us is a culture of offense is growing at an alarming rate. Now, you know me. I don't preach politics. And the primary reason I don't is because the answer is not there. Regardless of what party you choose to affiliate with, your answer is not in your political party. It's in a personal relationship with Christ. Man doesn't have the answers you need. So we've got to maximize our time, so I'm going to preach Christ because I want to give you the answers. So as 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, we're not ignorant of the devil's schemes. Here it is. There's a, there's a term that was introduced really in the 1800s but it was only used maybe in print, maybe once or twice that I know of. But it really started gaining steam in America in, 19, in the 1970s. And it's this idea of being politically correct. Don't turn me off. I'm not coming against anyone. I'm talking about ungodly ideas. Now you study this word and the history of it. Basically, it's a group of people in a political party 
that meet and decide what is right and wrong. I'm just talking natural facts here, not, not putting anyone down. But you can Wikipedia the term political correctness or politically correct. It's a group of people, and this doesn't happen just in America. We saw it in uh, Hitler did this and other, other dictators where it's a group of people that come together and they say this is right and this is wrong. This is what we will allow and this is what we won't allow. Anyone who speaks contrary to what we've deemed correct, we will silence. Why is that bad? Well, a lot of reasons, which is why freedom of speech is so important. But what does it do? Well, first of all, let me, let's talk about the error of it because, listen, you're faced with this every day. I want you to be free to live whole. Okay, the, one of the many errors in that thinking is man did not have the authority to create right and wrong. That's right. Every one of us has a beginning. God doesn't. It's so good to know this. You're a created being. God isn't. We have never had the right to create truth. We simply have the choice to accept it or reject it. This is so important. This is not a political conversation. We're talking about you experiencing Christ. You living the abundant life. See, Satan wants to turn this into a, a controversy so you'll get mad and upset and turn this off and not hear what I'm saying. Truth has never been and it never will be a political idea. Truth has never been an idea of man. Truth is not an idea at all. Jesus said, I am the truth. Truth and peace always go together. The more truth I choose to accept in my life, the more peace I have. The less truth I accept in my life, the more, the more turmoil I'll have inside of me. So truth has never been an idea. It's never been a political platform or party. Truth has always been the person of God. That's probably the greatest error of this political correct idea. So your true identity can only be realized if you embrace truth. Jesus. So if I have accepted any ideas about myself or about the world around me that are contrary to the person and ministry of Christ in this book, right? I, I, I haven't discovered the real me yet. Another major issue with this idea that we're a group of people that can tell people what to say and what not to say, is that man's heart is corrupt. Now, if you're born again, you have a new heart. But you've got people who don't even, you know, just, there's a lot of room for error when man is involved. Let's say it that way. Okay? And there's hidden agendas. There's, there's motives that aren't always put on the table when man comes up with policy. 
So there's a lot of, lot of room for error. And what does this do? Well, this idea of being politically correct, what you hear every day, it trains you to be easily offended and upset. That people have to treat me in a certain way. They have to call me a certain name. They have to say certain things to me. They can't say this. And if they say that, I'm going to get upset and I'm going to demand an apology. There's no peace in that. If your peace is dependent upon how others treat you, forget it. You're never going to have peace. You'll never have it. You can't demand people to treat you right. They won't. Political correctness creates weak people. Why? Because love is strong. Look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse, let's go right to verse 5 in the Amplified. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8a defines love for us. It describes the way love operates. If you've been born again, this is now your nature. You, but you need to practice doing it, right? You need to renew your mind to this. Verse 5, it says, love is not conceited. It's not arrogant, not inflated with pride. It's not rude. It's not unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Look at this now. Love, God's love in us, this is verse 5, does not insist on its own rights. I have my rights. It's not love talking. The news is full of this. I have my rights. I demand an apology. You're weak. You're very weak and you have no peace. And that apology is not going to give you any. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking, and here it is, it is not touchy. Politically correct people are very touchy. Someone was sharing with me now they have something called microaggressions. You can't say to someone, oh, what kind of name is that? If I say, hi, my name's Joseph Bosco. Oh, what kind of name is that? That's a microaggression. What? A microaggression? I don't even know what that is. That's what the, where the devil will lead you. You didn't say my name right. You didn't acknowledge my heritage. You didn't treat me a certain way. You didn't give me the credit that was due me. That's your flesh. That is carnal living. That will make you weak, and the devil will eat your lunch every day. Every single day. Love is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Nothing is more powerful than love. So I want to equip you, and I believe the Lord wanted me to share this with you today because we're going into a brand new year, and we can't be offended in 2019. 
It's a trap. Man can't hurt us. Listen, I know people can say things that are hurtful, but the love of Christ is greater, right? And he heals those hurts. Man can't fix their hurts anyway, right? So we have to see through this politically correct, shallow, weak thinking. We're not touchy people. We're not easily offended. We're not demanding our rights, demanding apologies. We're trusting in the Lord to be our vindication, to make things right in our life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Lord, you're so good. The word that you bring us is transforming us. It's changing us. We are challenged when you bring this word to us, Lord, and we embrace this, this truth of your love. We thank you that our nature now is not easily offended, is not touchy, is not fretful. That we don't demand our own rights. We've got victory. What do we need from man? We've got the victory. Man can't give us the victory we need anyway. We've got it. We've got it. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I ask you to strengthen everyone listening to this message, whether it be here or online or through podcasts. Holy Spirit, minister to every heart as only you can do. Make whole, strengthen, heal, deliver. Put an end to the turmoil and confusion and reveal the true identity of Christ to every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.